everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Conversation of Our Generation. My name is Nick Jamel, and I'm the creator of The Conversation of Our Generation. I'm the host of the podcast and main author on the blog, um, now editor that I do accept guest blogs. So if you are out there trying to get your uh, point of view heard and you want to join The Conversation of Our Generation, definitely give me a shout. Let me know. Uh, you can find me on facebook.com slash conversation of our generation, Twitter at con of our gen, Obviously, you can find me on the blog, conversationofourgeneration.com, and Minds and Steemit as well. Um, Conversation of Our Generation on Minds and Steemit is at Jamel, which is my last name, uh, as you know. And I would just uh, like to make a thing up here up front, just saying, if you are looking to guest blog, if you are looking to get your opinion out there, I'm always looking. I'm always ready to take these on. They're easy for me if you just write it. You know, I might look through it for you to help you out with grammar stuff, but that's about it. And I'll read through it to make sure that there's nothing insane. And it, and by the way, by insane, I mean like, you know, something that could get me in trouble, you know, libel or something like that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, if you have an opinion that I disagree with, you know, I'm a libertarian. If you're a socialist, fine. It, you know, if I'm a Catholic. If you're Muslim or Hindu, fine. I, I want to have your opinion out there. I want to hear it and I want to debate it. You know, that's that's how I look at it. Um, and I probably won't debate everyone that comes through, but if you would like to join us in that way and help us out, that's, that's great. Um, hey guys, before I get back into the main part of the content for this show, I'd like to just take a minute and talk to you a little bit about We Do Better and what I'm the work that I'm doing with them right now. And basically what it is, is it's just a chance for people to get together, we the people, and show that there, we have solutions out there that are better for providing for human needs than government, you know, proposed solutions as well. It's not an alternative. It's, it's, it's better solutions that are out there. And there's examples all over the place. If you go to, uh, the we do better pay we do better.org and you go to those who do better there's a list there of you know of charities that are certified to be doing better than the uh, than the government uh, is in those situations and and there's just a lot of plays if you look at waste fraud and abuse by government if you look at the fact that you know a charity is normally 80 to 90 percent efficient in getting the funds to the people who need it or the resources for the people who need it Whereas the government is about the flip-flop, it's about 80% to 90% of overhead, you know, it's, it feels like almost every penny goes into some bureaucrat's pocket instead of into the hands of those who are in need. And so there's people out there who are doing better, and that's what this whole organization is about. If you want to get involved or if you want to help out, you can go to wedobetter.org and see what they have going on there and talk to Dan about maybe starting your own chapter of We Do Better. Or, or your, you know, your own portion in your own town, your own county, your own state, whatever you would like, and maybe talk to him about that. Or, if you want to get involved with what I'm doing, I have We Do Better Indianapolis, and it's a Facebook page is all I have up, right? Or you can go to We Do Better, and he can get you in contact with me there. You can go to the blog as well. Um, I've told you where to reach me there, but you can go to conversationforgeneration.com and message me. Or you can go to the Facebook.com slash We Do Better Indianapolis and contact me there and I'd be glad to get you involved in what I have going on, what we have going on with uh, WeDoBetter.org. And thank you guys for listening and I'll let you get back to the rest of the rest of the show.
So now let's get into our uh, quote of the week. And this one is going to kind of guide how we look at the week this week, or this uh, podcast, you know, how we look at the world around us. And it's um, a quote by William Shakespeare. He says, how far that little candle throws its beams, so shines a good deed in a naughty world. Um, that's, to me, that's, um, that's a tough one to dissect. You know, I, I think that, I think that the fact that it's a little candle throwing its beams, you know, I think the insinuation is that a good deed doesn't go that far in a bad world. Um, you know, it's, if it's absolutely pitch black, like you're in a cave and you're way deep in there and you put light a candle, you're not going to get much light. You're still barely going to be able to see in front of you. You won't be able to see around you. You won't be able to see what's going on. So the fact that you have that candle is not going to help you see far away, but it will um, allow you to start to light your area. And, and I think that as tough as it is for, for you to, you know, for this to shine in a naughty world, I do think that there's something to be said for, um, still wanting to be good even if it doesn't go that far because you know one one good deed doesn't do much but what if you have a cave that's pitch black and you have enough candles that it's a bonfire what if you have a cave that's pitch black that it's you have enough candles that you can line the whole cave with candles you know now you have light now you have a difference and um, and it's, you know, it's, you can use that now. Now you can see, now, now it's clear. <clears throat> and I think that's how we have to approach it is, yeah, the one deed that does something in our, you know, that lights the way a little bit is nice and it's a good start. It's a good place where you can see that it has an effect, but you have to remember that you have to keep doing that. You have to create something where it's habitual and then you'll see the full benefits of this because it's you need more than one candle, obviously, in a naughty world. And I think that right now we live in a world that has, obviously, the world's always going to have a lot of problems. So that's kind of a silly thing to say, I think. But Obviously, we do live in a world right now that that does have a lot of issues going on. There's a lot of, I think that there's just a lot of, uh, a huge lack of character with a, from a lot of individuals across the world and a lot of people who are more willing to virtue signal than to act virtuously. And so... I think that it threatens a little bit of the order that we've created uh, in the past, and I think it definitely can be something that threatens our future as well. And that's why I really have been talking about the idea of goodness and of 
virtue and truth and the ideal because I think that these are the things that we need to do to fix the problems that we have in our world. These are the things that we need to focus on within ourselves uh, to be the first candle that lights it, lights the beams so that others can see the light and they can want that light in their life as well. And today I'm going to be walking through what that process looks like of going from, you know, one candle to lighting the cave with candles and lighting up a cave. And the process is simple. The process is, I'm not the first one. I didn't invent this. <laughs> um, it's something that I remember being taught in religion class and as a kid and I think that it's not even a religious idea necessarily. I might have been a religious person who put it forward at first, but I think I've seen other people who aren't religious quote this too. Um, actually, I know I have. So the the idea is that um, you know that um, you've seen it. It's probably been written a couple different ways, where it's like thoughts become actions, actions become habits, and habits. Or no, sorry. Thoughts become attitudes. Attitudes become uh, actions. Actions become habits, and habits become either virtue or vice, depending on if they're a good or bad habit. And I think that there's one thing that you have to do before you get to the thoughts part. If you're already on the on the wrong side of this, if you have a lot of vice, the first thing that I think we have to do to brighten our world is we have to start by changing hearts <clears throat> and that doesn't that's not like some groundbreaking thing but you have to get people to connect with other people with empathy rather than sympathy and you have to get people to connect with other people on a level where they look at each other as another individual with equal dignity and I think that, you know, both sides of the political aisle have trouble with this. I think that, uh, obviously, you know, every religion right now, for the most part, has a little, has trouble with this. Um, you know, we see the Catholic Church, the, you know, the scandals with molestation coming back, and, you know, and just a lot of things that, and I use that because that's my faith, um, but there's obviously problems right now with Islam. There's with them looking at people as the other. There's problems in just a lot of different. There's problems in a lot of different countries right now. Um, Europe's having a lot of issues. Canada's having a lot of issues, um, and they're almost overcompensating for this idea of the other by <clears throat> by not recognizing real threats in their life or in their. Um, in their country and simply ignoring that is not going to make it go away simply pretending that something doesn't exist is not going to make it not exist it's just gonna really be worse because you're not addressing the problem you're not you know if you have uh you know gangs going around raping people like they do in a lot of these countries, that's something that has to be addressed. You can't just brush that 
brush that under the rug and forget about it. I mean, you have gangs of 10, 20, 30 guys going around doing this, and that can't happen. And the way that you know, I think you do it is through changing hearts and 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 I think you have to have you know you have to have a probably um, strict penalties on the other you have to actually have penalties on the other side for people who do something like that but for your people who are coming here honestly you know people who immigrate from Muslim countries that are coming here honestly to get away from the war and they're not trying to um, they're not trying to come here to establish Sharia law and this and that. They're just they just kind of go with their community and they end up under Sharia law again. That happens too to some people, I'm sure. You know, those are the people that you pull out of it and you and you talk to them and you get the and you you know you get them into a area where you know it's not radicalized, where uh, it's you know you just go and they pray and they kind of say that that stuff is part of Islam that needs to be left in the past. And if you can show some of those people how caring that the, you know, how caring some of these Western countries are for that person and assimilate those people into their culture and bring them in, I think that you'd have a better opportunity. But if they go to these pockets where their radicalism is breeding, then you're not going to be able to change their hearts because they'd be risking themselves to do so, and you can't get to them. You can't get to the people who do need your help, who could be changed a little bit to be a peaceful, tolerant person. And I think the same happens here, where on both the far, far right in America and the far, far left, there are groups of people who, from Antifa to the neo-Nazis, I mean, let's just say it, who... You probably can't reach. I don't know. I don't think uh, anytime soon. I think that we'd have to really put out the fire before either one of those groups, you know, is diminished further. I, I think that the neo-Nazi group is actually very, very small. <laughs> I think they. I, I don't know how many people they had turn out for that rally, but there wasn't like anybody there. So I don't really think that that's a huge, huge threat in a country of 330 million people to the hearts and minds of who we are. But I do think that, you know, if you can, if you can reach out to them and change their minds, you know, I saw a video one time of a black guy who went around to people who used to be in the KKK who were still vehement racist or, or maybe were still in the KKK and just talk to them. And like, he changed some mind, you know, some people didn't change, right? Okay, but he changed some, and and that's what he could do, right? That's, that's the best you can do is talk to people and try to change their minds and their hearts and see what you can do with that. And, and I think that you have to get those people who are reasonable, somewhat in the middle, still right or left, and just say, look, you know, Republican, Democrats aren't your enemy. They're the person who lives next door to you, who roots for the same sports team, who, you know, drinks at the same bar and eats at the same restaurants and kids go to school with your kids and Democrat. The Republicans are the guy who, you know, shops at your grocery store and 
really, you know, he tries to raise his kids right and his kids go to school with you and his kids friends with your kids and, you know, again, you guys drink at the same bar, you high five if you watch the same your favorite sports team, you know, score a touchdown together. That's because your political beliefs aren't everything about you. You know, you need to have a heart to understand that other people are going to be different, other people are going to have different points of view, and you can learn to accept that to a very large degree. I mean, I think that if you're not, I mean, I think there's a few beliefs that are pretty, you know, that are just terrible. I think that if you have true Nazi beliefs, I think that's terrible. I think if you have true communist beliefs, I think that's terrible. I think that both those ideologies show that they kill millions of people. They're not good. I think that if you believe that rape shouldn't be punished or that pedophilia should be legalized, I think those are, you know, I think those are terrible things to believe. And I will, I will argue that that makes, that those kinds of beliefs are, I don't even know if they make you necessarily a bad person. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that you go around doing those things or treat people that way. You know, just like, you know, I, if you don't think that weed should be illegal, but you don't smoke it, that doesn't necessarily, you know, doesn't necessarily mean you engage in the activities you don't think should be illegal, but if you believe those things, I think that you have a huge distortion in what you believe, and, and I will call that out any time of the day, but, and I will, but when it comes to debating someone on socialism, I don't, because I have a heart that says, I understand where you're coming from, I disagree with you, and I will gladly debate you for fun, and debate you to try to persuade you to my point of view on why I believe in free markets, but if you don't, that's fine, and we can live and let live and have a good discussion on why we believe what we believe, and it gives me a deeper understanding of who you are, and a deeper understanding for why you believe what you believe, and I think that's such a valuable thing, uh, and that's why I believe in changing hearts. I, I, I remember, you know, I think I've talked about this on here, but before but my when I was a kid one of the things that I learned in doing service and service hours you know we had to get when I was in middle school like I don't remember 20 a year or something like that of service hours it wasn't hard at all and then in high school it was like some I don't remember like 25 or 30 I don't remember but I did so much service that it never was an issue for me so I don't even know what my requirements were <laughs> but I just remember the main thing that I learned from it was it's not about the work that you do it's about how you engage with the people that you're helping I think that that's the thing that makes service so impactful is you know not that I go and build a house or that I go and fix up your house or we you know make your church that you've been worshiping in look better or that we do a daycare with these kids and now mom and dad don't have to worry about them for a day like that's not what it's about it's about talking to those kids and and engaging with them and making you know a kid who probably doesn't have a good home life enjoy his day out and see that there is you know good people out there that there is good things that they can look forward to um that they can look forward to coming back here tomorrow if they have a bad day or a bad night at home um, you know, that to me is a lot more impactful than allowing mom and dad to work while their kids are at vacation Bible school sort of thing. You know, I think that the 
other thing that's really impactful is not painting the church, you know, it's talking to the people, engaging, listening to what it is about why they love this church and letting them tell their story about that and hearing them. And and then when they see how beautiful this building that means so much to them looks now, then that's why they're so moved. It's not just because you painted a church. It's because, you know, you painted their house of worship. They didn't, they don't have anything else. They don't have any other place. And, you know, it's, 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 very beautiful for them it's something that they can take pride in now worshiping in some something like this instead of feeling ashamed that they've let you know their house of god you know start to decay and i think that's where we have to really pay attention is not looking at people as the other but looking people looking at people as another individual who has their own set of problems their own set of beliefs their own set of ideas their own set of you know emotions and problem faults virtues and vices and and take all that into account when we judge people on on most things i think that there are a few things that you know you can say definitively like violent crimes true assaults you know real definitive actions where someone else is actually harmed you know very badly you know abuse at you know, neglect. I think those things are where you can, I think actually even in neglect, a lot of times you, you, you almost can't fully blame the parent. I think they always, they normally have some sort of issue that doesn't allow them to care for their child most of the time. Not always, but I now people who kill their kids, different people who like can't give them a good home. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel for those people a lot of times. Um, but once you change hearts, that's when you get rolling, okay? That's when, once the hearts are changed, now we can change people's thoughts. We can make them, you know, when you have a heart that's full of hope and faith and love, then your thoughts are positive. Your thoughts are optimistic. Your thoughts are, you know, going to take you to a higher place. They're going to bring you to see what's possible instead of, what's in your way. They're going to take you to a place where your thoughts are going to fuel the change that your heart has already undergone. undergone. And, um, and I think that that is a great, a great thing. I, I remember there was a guy who came in and spoke to us. He was really corny at school and he was just like you know a corny high school like motivational speaker guy and the one thing that I remember from his speech that was actually pretty good I thought is you know he said uh just go around every time someone asks you how you're doing that day you know he's like you always say fine good okay he's like just smile as big as you can and just say I'm great uh you know and I think that that's something that people, when I did it for a week, just because, and I think that it made an impact on me. I think that's something that people could try is, you know, really being positive. When people ask you how you're doing, tell them that you're doing awesome. Or if you actually are having a bad day, you know, tell them that and see, you know, and if it's someone that, you know, like maybe not the guy at McDonald's who's asking you for your order. Um, <laughs> but for that guy, I would practice the whole, I'm awesome. How are you, man? 
and you know like get really excited and see how he's you know see how he reacts because I think that you'll brighten up other people's days and I think you will see that you do actually you do feel more positive you do feel happier and and it's because it's your you're changing the way you think you're changing the way you think of how you're doing on a daily basis you're you're paying attention to the fact that you're uh, of how you're doing how you how you feel that day <clears throat> the next thing that i want to talk about is um your words i think once you have someone who has empathizes for others who who thinks positively and who thinks optimistically and who once whose whose thoughts are in a in a good place then their words will be as well they won't you know you you're not I'm not saying you're not going to cuss or you know this and that or have a bit of a potty mouth okay but I'm saying that you you know if you have your thoughts right and your heart right you're not going to be gossiping all the time you're not going to be saying things that put others down on a regular basis you know and I and I talk a lot of smack with my friends you know we're guys and we just goof off and you know but I would I wouldn't say that like we regularly are just like slamming each other and telling each other like you know making each other really feel bad and it's like it's just goofing on each other but the the words that you speak can actually make a difference I mean I know that there's kids that when we were little kids that we were little assholes sometimes too and and it was you know it was our words more than anything I think that that I remember that stick with me um and and I think we don't understand how impactful that can be on someone else what we say and 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 the other thing is I don't think we understand how impactful it can be on ourselves and degrading or building up ourselves what we say because you can undo what your heart and your mind have built <clears throat> by your words your words can you know i have my heart in this place i think this thing and then i say something that's contrary to that because i don't want to be um perceived in a certain way so i lie right and I think that does so much to undo all the good stuff that you're building in your heart and your mind. And I think, you know, I talk on here that the idea that God is the word, the logos, and and I think we underestimate what that means in our lives, that speaking things, making ideas become real by having them heard through speech is such an incredible process that we take it for granted and we don't realize how crazy this is that you know the the making an idea that's just in your head scrambling around that's ethereal it's your mind working we don't even really know what that is can streamline that into speech that i can speak and someone else can hear that understand what i'm saying and put it back up in their mind in this ethereal place and and rattle it around and think about it and that's crazy it's insane i mean we understand how speech and hearing works but the mind and you know consciousness is still out of our grasp 
And I think that that is an incredible, incredible thing. And we shouldn't take it for granted and we should make sure that our words are in line with our heart and our thoughts and that our words are positive and constructive and meaningful. I think we talk so much about stuff that doesn't matter, you know, that we could just like not waste our time on it. You know, I, I, I mean, like I'll talk about my day and stuff, but I don't like to focus on it for a long time. I'd rather talk about other things or talk about, you know, cool ideas. You know, that's, that's what I would rather, you know, I'd rather talk about stuff like this on a regular basis, but And I think, too, you have the ability to degrade your thoughts by complaining a lot. And now you take yourself back out. You had positive words or positive heart, positive thoughts, and now your words take you back. And then you're just back in that same spot that you started in. And it's, you know, your words have a big, big impact on what you do and what you think. And so I think we ought to keep that in mind and be wary of that. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't, you know, use our words on a regular basis. We definitely should be focusing in on that and, you know, and making, practicing that just like we did, we would have had to with our hearts and our thoughts. The next thing is actions, and actions, I think, is pretty clear-cut <laughs> um, in a lot of ways. You know, it's really, I think you have to almost start with doing good things. I think it's too little to ask of someone to just not do bad things, that you have to make that, you know, it's like Jordan Peterson says, you know, clean your room, right? Make your bed. I think that those things that organize those other parts of your life will help you start to do that in the more meaningful parts of your life for sure. But I think that if I'm talking about trying to understand other people, the one thing that I do all the time is hold the door, right? It's it's something that's very simple. It's something that makes the other person, you know, thankful for, right? They're happy that you held the door for them. And it's something where if I wanted to, you know, if, if I was walking in, I would hope that someone would kind of keep the door open for me in that instance, you know, or at least hold it open so that I can get to the door. And it doesn't seem like a lot, but it really does. It's, it, or it really is. I think it's definitely a great way to make that other person feel noticed, make that other person feel like they're your equal, that you know, their time is just as important as yours. Their effort is just as important as yours because you're the one hanging onto the door, holding it open for someone else. And, and now they, you know, that gives them that feeling of, you know, oh, okay, they noticed me. They did something nice for me, right? And you'd be surprised, I would say that if it's like, you know, when you go in restaurants and they have the two sets of doors, they have the little like breezeway sort of thing. I would say most times that I hold the door open, that person goes and grabs the next door for me. And, you know, that to me is much better than if I let that door shut in his face and then I go to the next door and I open it up and I let that shut in their face. You know, 
what does that do for us? Uh, but instead, each of us opened the door for the other, and we had this, you know, reciprocal um, understanding of, or reciprocal uh, action there. You know, we both gave and we both received. And I think that that is the kind of place where we can build a lot. And, and the other thing is with your actions is how do you treat people when you're out and you're, for instance, uh, like at a restaurant and how do you talk to the wait staff? How do you treat them? What do you, you know, do you, uh, tip them or do you, do you tip them? Well, do you have them, do you help them like stack up the plates? Are you, you know, allowing them to do their job well? Are you lenient with their service? Like, I think that that whole aspect of how you treat them as actions, even though, you know, obviously part of that is your speech to them. I think that most of that is, you know, the way you treat people in general. Um, when it comes to other aspects of life, it's, it's just so important, I think, in all aspects of life that we act in a way that's upstanding, that's, you know, righteous, that's kind, and that in our actions, we recognize, it's obvious that we recognize the other person as a, an equal that deserves dignity and, you know, respect and some level of just understanding that they're a fellow human being. And I think when we do that, we are just far better off uh, on action in, in our world. I think that once you get to the actions point in this process, if you've built something positive, it's really, it's, it's, it's easier and easier as you go along to take the next step, I think. You know, if you've gotten to actions, I think the next step's easy. If you've gotten to, uh, if you've, if you've done bad things, I definitely think it's harder to correct and go back the other way than it is for someone who's done good things to slip and fall and go back the other way. But it's also easier for people who've done bad things when they get to actions to create bad habits as well. <clears throat> but it's definitely important to be mindful of our actions, even when it's, especially when it's those things that you do without thinking, you know, those just average everyday actions. Um, I think that there's so many points where we're distracted and we can come off as dismissive and, you know, and not interact with someone the way we should, especially, you know, our family and friends and, and then you're not making the people around you feel, you know, special and loved and, and then you worsen their day and you take them back on this scale because now they have, you know, not necessarily bad thoughts, but, you know, they're, they're in a bad state of mind. And so they 
you know, get frustrated and words get said and, you know, people take action, you know, it's, and that's how you get, you know, I mean, scuffles among brothers and, you know, parents and kids getting into fights and stuff. I think if we're mindful of our actions when we don't necessarily, uh, when you wouldn't necessarily think you need to be, then you're going to be mindful of your actions when you definitely ought to be and you will have a much better experience in doing this and taking these positive actions. And finally, the thing we begin to build is habits. And what we get when we begin to build habits is, I guess this is the second to last thing, but what we get is it becomes easier to do the good actions in our lives. So, you know, like think of a bad habit that you have, like biting your nails. You almost can't not do it, right? It's almost like it's it's almost impossible to break. Most bad habits, we know they're so hard to break, but we don't think about what it would mean to build a positive habit in our life. And obviously they're a lot easier to break because I think it takes positive action. It takes discipline. It takes um, real effort generally like for me biting my nails is something that I do almost without even knowing noticing it sometimes whereas getting up in the morning to an hour early in order to make sure you work out you know takes a lot of discipline getting up you know con- thinking about opening the door for someone does take a little bit of discipline eventually like it's almost like a nature for me that I check behind me like it's almost like when you get over in a, you know, in a lane on the highway and you automatically check your blind spot. I automatically check to make sure there's not someone behind me who needs the door open for them. And <clears throat> and so these good habits that you build will make doing the right thing easier. It'll make it more pleasant. It'll make it more natural. It'll make it less um less of an of an intention on your point or on your part but more of just something that happens naturally to you and that's really the ideal place to be because then you don't have to worry about these things you don't have to worry about um doing something positive necessarily it just kind of falls in place for you and and then there's the big the big things will need to be something that you're paying attention to, something that you're uh, doing on purpose, you know, that you're really doing with intention. But a lot of the little things will fall into place for you, you know? And I think that that's a great, a great thing. You know, it's almost like if you just get in the habit of doing the dishes every night, then they're always done, right? If you get in the habit of making your bed in the morning, you know, your room always kind of looks clean. Or picking up after yourself, you know, it, it you just your house stays clean, and I think it's important to recognize that because it's the same way with your actions. If you if you act in a way that's in tune with a heart that's on the right path, thoughts that are good, words that are good, actions that are good, and you create that habit, then it becomes easy to be a good person almost. Like you would just 
you wouldn't want to think bad thoughts about people. You wouldn't want to gossip. You wouldn't want to act badly towards another person. The same way that if you create bad habits, it becomes easy to act bad towards other people. <clears throat> and it, I was watching Criminal Minds yesterday, and there was a guy on there who one of the you know one of the FBI agents was talking to him. He's like, "Yeah, I bet your dad beat you and beat mo- your mom and this and that." And 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 he goes in, you know, basically most of those people become psychopaths or whatever it is like it, with the way that it happened to him or whatever. Not you know and. And he goes, and mo- or most of those psychopaths become killers, or he goes, some of them do, or something like that. And the guy goes, some? And he goes, yeah. He goes, some of them go to catch those killers, and it kind of insinuates, obviously, that he had the same upbringing, and he made the better choices. And I definitely think that there's that sense that whatever happens to you could make it harder to be good, but you once you do it, you can be really good. You can go out and be the guy who put your life on the line to catch serial killers, you know, that's it. <laughs> you know, it happens, and you can choose to act against any bad things in your life, or you can choose to fall to them, and allow that to sway your heart and your mind, and make it vile and unproductive and just bad for you in general. Or, or you can counteract that and say, no matter what happens to me, I'm going to choose the good. I'm going to choose to put my heart in the right place, make sure my thoughts are in order, make sure my words are productive and good and meaningful, make sure my actions are kind and, you know, and righteous, and then make sure that my habits that I build out of all these things are in line with the, uh, with all those things. And, and it will, if you, if you have all four of those things, your habits will just fall in line. It'll happen. You know, you just have to continue to have effort until it is fully a habit. And then the final thing that you get out of this then is virtue. And virtue is the final thing that comes along because virtue is basically the habit of being good, of doing good things. And and that's why there's different virtues. Like you can practice patience. You can practice, you know, um, why am I blanking on virtues right now? Like just kindness and... <laughs> I guess I don't have a whole lot of virtues to call upon, um, you know, but curi- like curiosity in a healthy way of trying to learn, you know, wanting to learn um, wisdom and and you can practice all these different virtues, love and um, temperance, prudence, um, all these things you can practice on a daily basis in your mind or in your heart, your thoughts, your actions, your words. and what'll happen is as you practice all these things at the lower end you'll create these habits and they'll be instilled in you and as you gain more virtues as you kind of master a certain habit and make it a virtue of of your life you will find it's easier to do it with other things because you'll have it's almost like you have a process in place it's like you know you set up the factory finally and you've made your first widget now all the other widgets just come, right? It's like you, you have to just keep the factory on, that's all. You just keep the factory running and it happens. And it's the same with, you know, virtue. I think that once you kind of get one thing that it's like you've mastered that virtue and you can say that, you know, you can kind of say to yourself that that is something that you have, 
then the rest of them fall in place and they're not fall in place but the rest of them are very easy for you to do and that's where we ought to be for virtue is you want to be attaining virtue that's the end goal of this is you want to attain a virtuous habit you want to have virtue in your life and be a virtuous person and and I guess I can't say that you should want that but I think that that's something that we should all want in our lives is to be a good person and I think that as you do that you'll find success you'll find the other things that we want in our life and you'll be able to temper them and you'll be able to confront the temptation of power that comes along with your success because you will be a virtuous person you'll be able to confront the temptation to you know cheat your way to success because you'll be virtuous you'll be able to attain whatever success you have in your life and live with it in a good way because you will know that you attained it in an honest fashion and I think that when we have that a lot of other things will fall in line for us is once you have a virtuous society I think that you're you're not going to have the issues that we have is if if everyone was a virtuous person you wouldn't have the problems we have right you'd have people with different beliefs you'd have people with different aspirations yeah because we're all individuals but if we were all kind and you know loving to one another empathetic and were able to understand the other person's point of view in some way that allowed us to treat them with respect and dignity and be good to them as another individual then we wouldn't have the problems that we have and now obviously this isn't going to be a perfect world by any means ever but if you can get more and more people thinking this way I think you'd be surprised what you know another one to two percent of people who really really take this on and make this happen in their life you know what that does to our society and and to other societies around the world if they take this on and I think it would be a very positive beautiful thing to see and I hope we, I hope we do get to see something along those lines in my lifetime I, I think that would be fantastic so with that I want to wrap it up there thank you guys for listening again um, I, everything that you guys support is awesome and I appreciate it everyone who's listening if you are listening, please find someone to share the show with today and don't make it sound like, you know, you need to listen to this because you're just a bad person. Um, <laughs> but definitely just share the show. Give this to someone who you think would like to hear it, who would enjoy it. Just text it to them, send them the link, tweet it out there, share it on Facebook. It'll be on all those places if you follow me and help me to spread the conversation of our generation. I want to get more people involved in the fold. I want to get more people writing guest blogs for me. Um, more people just engaging with this and challenging me on my beliefs and pushing me, pushing back against me, um, building onto my beliefs and, and really creating a conversation and a dialogue between people of all ages, but people who are here right now in this world that are trying to shape it into something for the future. You know, I think that we all have to play a part in that dialogue and that conversation. And I think that this is a good place for us to start doing it. And that's why I started this. And so if you're out there, share this show, get this out there and help, you know, share the blog, get that out there and 
help me to spread and to kind of reach more and more people who would enjoy this message, who would like to engage with and add to the conversation of our generation. And with that, thank you guys again for listening. Uh, Thank you for joining me in the conversation of our generation. And let's get the dialogue going. Have a good week.